Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Hello and welcome to the I Could Never Do That podcast. I'm Carrie Barrett, and these are the stories of people who have gone into the arena and fought hard to achieve the unthinkable in spite of the fact that, yes, sometimes they are scared and do have some insecurities. Are you ready to go in? It's my hope that after hearing some of these interviews with thought leaders and artists, athletes, musicians, and entrepreneurs, that maybe you too will be able to go from, I could never do that, to, you know what? Maybe I can. Okay, friends. On this episode of I Could Never Do That, I uh, <clears throat> shake things up a bit and take a self-indulgent and celebratory walk down memory lane. To all my Deb heads who don't know me or who are listening for the first time, welcome. And to everyone else who's like, what in the world? Hang with me and, and let's just play along together. So think back when you were 13, 14, 15 years old. What or who just lit your world on fire and, and made you believe that anything is possible? Was it a book? Was it a teacher, a relative, a first love? Was it a song or an artist that took hold and sent you on a journey of imagination and unlimited potential? Well, for me, as a 14-year-old songwriter wannabe in the late 80s, which in my humble opinion, was the best music decade ever. That person was Debbie Gibson. I know. And that album was out of the blue. So here's a little bit of my background to frame this whole episode up for you. In 1985 or 86, around that time, I think I was, you know, seventh, eighth grade, I saved up some money to buy a four-track Tascam multi-track recorder that I had in my bedroom. I had guitar, I had a keyboard, I had microphones. I basically had a little mini recording studio in my bedroom. And week after week, I would lay down some pitiful keyboard tracks. I would hit rewind on that cassette recorder and then I would lay down a drum machine and then I would hit rewind again and then I would play guitar and then top it all off with the worst pitchy vocals that you could ever imagine. But man, oh man, I was living my dream of making music. And it wasn't long after that, maybe a year or so after, that I started to hear about this young 16-year-old rising star who was writing and producing her own music. And it wasn't me, <laughs> but it was Debbie Gibson. And that was it. I went to the Out of the Blue Tour in 1988. I went to the Electric Youth Tour in 89. I went to the One Step Ahead Tour in 91. I saw her on Broadway in Les Mis and so many other shows. She was in Funny Girl, Grease, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm 49 years old. I'm married. I'm middle-aged. And yet, I still feel like an electric youth. So, there's so much more to my story, and I'm sure you can hear me smiling right now because I am so thrilled to celebrate the 35th anniversary of the release of that very first album, Out of the Blue, by talking with a few Debbie Gibson fans and letting them share their stories about the impact that she had on them at the time and 
still has on their lives to this day. So I chose a few old school friends that I was pen pals way back in the day of the original Debbie Gibson International Fan Club that is DGIF for all of you who are in the know. And I also chatted with a couple of new friends that I just met a few months ago on her recent tour stop in LA. The coolest thing is I even speak with a younger fan who, as she says, was a quote-unquote electric youth baby born in 1989. And of course, I have to ask, how in the world did you become a fan? And it turns out she's got some pretty cool parents. So (laughs) there was a time that I thought I could never adequately thank Debbie for being such a bright light in my world. But actually, thanks to her, I have this microphone and am honored to have that chance to thank her in this episode, along with a few of the many thousands of fans that are out there who feel the same way that I do. So enjoy this look back at Out of the Blue. I am kicking it off with a new friend that I just met a couple of months ago in Los Angeles. Her name is Jenny Corvo, and together she and her sister have been longtime DG fans, and I absolutely love one of the things that she says in this interview, which is, people tell you that you probably should never meet your hero, but if your hero is Debbie Gibson, meet her. Please welcome Jenny Corvo. Why, and this will be my first question to you, it's the big one, why has this artist... Debbie Gibson, among every artist that you're a fan of, and I know you're a fan of a lot of artists, like why does she stick out and why does she resonate with you so, so, so much after all these years? So let me start with, because I thought about this a little, I'm not the fan that's going to go, well, I was, it was nine, you know, October 10th, 1987, and I was laying in my bed and I heard the opening beats of Out of the Blue come onto my FM. And I was like, this is amazing. My memory doesn't work that way. I can tell you that it feels like Debbie has been in my life my entire life I cannot remember a moment where I wasn't listening to her music and she wasn't important to me so she's been important to me from the beginning and why I don't know if I could answer that I would be able to tell you why I fell in love with my husband or why I have the group she just resonates and for until a few years ago, you kind of feel like you're the only one she resonates with. Like Debbie's my girl. And I'm one of like only a few that realize how amazing she is. And then you start meeting the community and you're like, okay, it's not just me. There are so many of us that feel this deep connection to her. And a lot of it is the music. I am a music lover and music is very important in my life. Um, and it started early. My mom listened to music. And so it became, and I listened to way inappropriate music. Like I was listening to Charlene at like 12. And I don't know if you know who she is. I don't know. She is a 70s R&B artist. And like her songs are like, I've never been to me or um, Hungry, which is about needing a man. Nice. Like, <laughs> I am so hungry. And you know, at like 12 in my living room, singing that into a uh, <laughs> jump rope you know I'm like yeah I look at it like I probably should not have been listening to that but <laughs> yes okay. but we are also the generation that was singing Grease Lightning which 
you know, you think you look, but God, you sing those lyrics. Now you're like, oh my God, did I really sing that? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Um, But also one, her, her music, even like, even listening to Out of Blue, we were listening to it and we were, I was listening to uh, Fallen Angel and you can tell that it was written by a young woman, but still like the lyrics are smarter than other people were putting out so you always felt even then like okay this is someone who understands that I'm not just a little girl with a puppy dog crush like her lyrics said something and they're a little deeper and so you felt a little more understood I think with an artist like her and she was our age so you know you're like here's somebody else that knows what I'm going through and it's not like oh puppy love it's like sometimes this really sucks right, or, right, right. <laughs> you know, this is really hard. Saying goodbye is hard. Even if it is just a week long romance, <laughs> it was still really important to me at 13 to be in love like that, you know? So and true. then as you go through, she's grown up with me, you know, electric youth is a little, I have important things to say and I'm going to say them and you're going to listen to me because I'm not just a kid. And then anything impossible, you're like, well, maybe I was a little bit of a kid. (laughs) Maybe I get that now, but still anything is possible going into my twenties. You know, this is something really amazing. And you know, your love's a little bit deep. And I, the thing about, so I'm going to digress. Anything else possible is a brilliant album in the first half is the energy up and then the second half is all mood swings. And I loved that she did that because I love that she has both. She gets that. Yes. She writes those fun, catchy, dancey pop songs, but she's an incredible ballad person. Probably one of the best ballad writers ever. Like for me, I'm going to say for me personally, best ballad, like you're not going to get better ballads. She's going to write you kill. Even on the new album, Me Not Loving You, like amazing song. <laughs> that that song, it, and, and like, you know, you're married, I'm married, like we've, we've got great husbands and like that song still, like it's guttural for me. There's still like, I'm feeling that pain that exactly. experience. it's like, and, and Red Carpet Ready, which took that one took a while to warm up to me. And now we're talking about the body remembers, not out of the blue, but the body remembers and red carpet ready. It took a while uh, because I was like, this is a country song. Like this should be on country radio. And the more I listen to it though, it's just like you, it's from that point of view of like the husband who's so proud. I'm like, yeah. Like what is the interesting point of view to take in a song about having to always, you know, I think, I think we, as women, we always like, we're always like, God, we always have to be on. We always have to wear makeup. We always have to look good. We always have to be skinny. We always have to do this. And it's like, the whole song is about this guy, like loves her regardless of what she looks like. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Like she's always red carpet ready. Like, right. In his eyes, she's always that, that. Yeah. You know, like you said, we're both married, but love you too much. Like, even though you like, you're like, I feel that I feel. And I think that's, 
you can go through any album and you're going to get that feeling, even going back to out of the blue. Like, even though we were 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old, those songs resonated because they still touched upon those things. And they still, like I said, you didn't feel like you're being talked down to. And a lot of times in those songs, you're, you're being talked down in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten mm-hmm. to a point now where you've got Olivia Rodrigo telling you that you're an ass, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. how are now for the pop people. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. but for us, it wasn't like that. It was, you know, I can't even think of a better example, but like, it was a lot of, you know, puppy love and yeah. And- or I'm like, I'm trying to think like you had like Whitney Houston, who was, who prior to Deb was like my favorite singer um because she had like greatest love of all and um that was such a great song and I want to dance with somebody you know like yeah. Whitney Houston was just she was the bomb but, she but was that, still, like what 10 15 years older than us yeah yeah didn't I didn't resonate with her on a personal level like there I could not look at the you know on TV and go that's me with Whitney Houston but the second you know God, the second I started following Debbie and I probably, for me, it was probably like shake your love. I think where I like really started to connect of all songs um, when, you know, to have that representation of this person who was doing it and super successful. And I love your cat (laughs) um, was, was, hi Smokies. (laughs) Oh, I'd show you Woody, my little Woody, but he's asleep. Um, But like, to have that representation of like same age, pretty much doing exactly what I want to be doing and doing it with such poise and grace and uh, empowerment. Like she never came across as weak to me ever, ever. Well, and- I mean, first album staying together, yeah. a 13 year old girl being like, no, we're staying together and it's whether you like it or not, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, you can say that to people? Yeah. You can demand like that? And so I I honestly, my husband says that I, the people that I emulate, you can see them in my personality. And I think that Debbie is someone that's had a huge impact on how I look at things and how I interact with people. How so? What are those personality traits, do you think? Just that, like being able to, you know, like, I don't take crap from people, you know, and I don't like, I get people aren't going to get along. You're not going to like everybody, but you don't have to be crappy to people. And I don't stand by and like, if someone's being negative to other people, I'm not going to. And I feel like that's something that I got from Deb, you know, like you say what you need to be said, even if it's not the easy thing. Is there a song from Out of the Blue that you think most resonates with you? It's Between the Lines. I love Between the Lines. Um, It's just, she can do a ballad like nothing else. Yes, yes. And I think we were talking about that song prior and, and I pointed out, and I don't think I'd ever really thought about it in those terms of like the phrase, 
between the lines. Like as an adult, we understand what that means. Like when you, when you're reading between the lines on somebody, you're like in a very nuanced situation and somebody's not being very clear, but you're able to like assess what they really mean, even though they're not saying it, which is like, that's a hard thing to describe what that phrase it's like trying to it's like trying to describe the word ironic you know like what does ironic mean but like so it's hard enough to explain what it means and then write a song about it when you're like 14. exactly and it makes sense like all of us coming out of that cd are like i know what that means so you're going in at 15 going oh i totally understand that because she made it in such a way and that's one of the things with her lyrics is you never realize like they they say a lot you know, even in a pop song. And you're like, how does she do that so easily? How is it that, because it feels like it's effortless for her. You don't have, what are we on? Six or seven albums that have that same thing and growing, we're growing, we're growing. We're getting smarter. Our, you know, our songs mean more. The body remembers going back and knowing what, oh, my body remembers all of these things through all of these years and all of this relationships and that she just does it so well. Yes. And, and that the body remembers is given her career and given the era that she grew up in and, and, and her fans like that, could there be a more perfectly named album than the body remembers? Yeah. (laughs) It's just so, it's like such a perfect title to an artist's album who is now in their 50s who grew up in the spotlight in their teenage years went through some shit that we'll never know with you know parents and boyfriends and illnesses like like somehow navigated those waters but yet the body remembers capturing that emotion like when I listen to um I mean, it could be like red hot for crying out loud, you know, like, like not a deep song, let's be honest. And right. you're still just like the, my body remembers what it was like to be 14 and listening to that album over and over again. And just like cranking that song and, and feeling like this girl gets me, like she gets me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and two, there's like going with the body remembers is you know, sometimes you don't hear one of those songs for so long. So say you haven't listened to Out of the Blue in 20 years, but you can put it on and you're like, oh, I'm not going to remember half these songs. But then they go on and you're like, oh no, I remember every nuance of, I can do the dances I did to these songs. I can break out. What do you want? I can do it with this song. I remember my body just knows what it's supposed to do with this. It's funny. It's putting me in the mood to listen to Out of the Blue. And I'm like, and I'm like you, I haven't, I, I don't go back often and like binge on a record. Um, but I think I might have to in this next month to just sort of just get it back into my, into my system, you know, like just, uh, oh. like I said, we were listening to Fallen Angel. I don't know how long it's been. And I was like, this song is kind of deep, you know, you're like an angel in love always falls much, flies much higher. And, you know, you're just like, it's still young. And it's still like that sweet, innocent kind of love, but it's, you're like, this is still kind of like, I don't see Britney writing this song, you know, at, at 13, 14. 
because you know that album most of that album was already written when by the time it was released you know it's been a couple of years she was like 13 14 writing those hit songs and hearing them that amazes me she hears her songs in her she like hears the whole song she's like no I want this and I'm like how I have no I am not creative in that way I am not a creative so her being creative as she is is fascinates me because I'm detail oriented I can you want something organized I can walk into a hoarder's house and organize the shit out of that and it'll look (laughs) people will be like oh my god that's amazing but you want me to be creative draw write act any of that stuff my brain's like I don't do that I maybe that's another thing she's a half of a piece that I don't have she's very creative and very expressive and confident and she's all the little things I would I would like a little piece of each of those because I am not (laughs) yes yes um, yep so I can kind of experience it by emulate like this is someone I look up to for these reasons pieces of me that I don't have she has and she's good with them so I think that's probably another piece is the things I want are a lot of what Debbie has she is like she can be a fashion icon and yet like she's not like Cher you know or (laughs) or an untouchable Paris Hilton or somebody like that who's also all of that I'm I'm making up because I don't even know who's popular now in that world but like but she is she is approachable because one minute she will be completely vamped up looking like a million dollars and then the next finish and then like let the dog lick her face all over you know it's just like so I think that's just it is like there's like this element of just absolute realness and I'm amazed that how much she lets people in. And of course there are, you know, the bulk of her day, she does not let, you know, she does not expose for the world to see, but she's not afraid to turn the camera on when I would be in a, in the fetal position, having a meltdown if my RV was broken and I like, or if my flight was delayed and like, I might not make it to the show. And she's yeah. just like on the mic singing to the flight, yeah. you know, to the flight people. And I'm like, how do you do that? And I think you're right. It's like, I don't know that my personality works that way, but man, like I love that hers does. I love that. And that might also be, you asked me, or you said, I don't, would never think you're an introvert. And I think part of it is because as much as I want to, I also, and it's part of the community too, is the community is so open and so welcome that it's easy to talk with the community, invite the community in. And so at something like when meeting you, it was never like, I'm just going to stand here and not talk to everybody. I'm like, we're chatty. Oh my God, you love Debbie. I love Debbie. This is this and this is that. And did you see this? And and also um, I'll, I found, so like Laura that was there and I don't know if you got to talk to Chris. He was at the far end, um, Shaney, Bruce. So I've come to realize we've been to many of the same concerts being in that world and um, you know, I met Bruce in 91 at a show and I 
didn't, we never connected, but I have pictures of him because we met Debbie that day. And, you know, it was just like, he's been in my world for 35 years. And um, Laura and I, who we met at uh, Deb's star ceremony in Palm Springs, instantly connected. We've been friends since then. Um, but we talk about, she's like, oh, I was at that concert. I was at that concert. I was, you know, we oh, we almost met there. Like a Tiffany show at Knott's Berry Farm. She was there. I was there. Like, and I know we had to have ran into each other, you know. Um, Chris was, we were, Chris and I were talking about new kids shows and he was like, and we started talking about one at Universal Amphitheater. He's like, I was in the pit. I was like, I was in the pit. And I'm like, where were you standing? And I was like, I was right up to these. He was literally standing behind me. And you're just like, this so world is so huge and so small at the same time. And in the Debbie community, it's that way. Like so many of us have circled around and known each other and not known each other. And it's um, such a loving community. It's really different than a lot of the other communities. And it all starts with Deb because she treats us all that way. You, the whole community treats each other that way. God, that's so beautiful. And what you're doing with um, the dog rescue, the rock and roll rescue, and again, taking the example of, of Debbie and her big heart with raising money, particularly for animals and animal shelters, for you to spearhead that, um, it has to be out of your comfort zone. Although you're an organizer, uh, like you said, you're an organizer. So the organization yeah, part's easy. Part. It's the promotion yeah. of it and everything it else. I always feel so awkward making those. I'm like, it's me again. <laughs> no. I'm so sorry I'm bugging you guys, but give me more money. Yes. <laughs> Jess, any idea what you're up to now? Like what you guys have We raised? are just under 500. Um, yeah. And then I had one guy who was like, once you get to the end and you've um, raised what you have, let me know like, what the difference is between the next thing you want to get. And that's how much, so I have, it's about 500 and then it'll grow a little bit, but we're very close to getting at least a couple of the, the bigger items. We're going to do the um, power washer. Cause I'm sure he needs that. Yes, <laughs> and then yes. he um, just put up uh, his new kennel. And he's just got the outside up, but so he has to insulate. He's like, but we're going to put an AC window right in this window right here. And I'm like, yes, that's on my list. Yes. I love it. I'm really excited to send him that. And, and I'll put like, I'll put his organization in the show notes, but what's the name of it again? It's rock and roll rescue. Okay. That's what I thought. I just want to, I'll make sure when this goes public, I mean, obviously I don't know if your fundraising window will still be open in mid August. However, (laughs) he always is, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, they, like they always need funds for, for these animals. And so I think yep. that that's just great. Like, again, it's like, it's her example, her compassion. And I, it, by way of extension, we sort of like live, like, like exist in this world sort of through her almost it's, yeah. I, I like being her arm in the community of people. And even when people say it to me as if they're being facetious or if they're being like, wait, what? You still like Debbie Gibson? Wait, what? Like, isn't she Deborah now? You know, you still get like some of those comments from people. I, I actually love that because to me, it's just an open invitation for me to be like, 
oh wait, you haven't heard her new record or heck yeah. Don't you want to feel good on a daily basis? Like, Hey, how about if you just like turn off the news and listen to some good pop music for a while, like escape, escape. So I like it when people, uh, also, you know, also I'll put it in quotes, like make fun of me because like, again, it's just an opportunity for me to just be myself. Like I have been this way since 1987. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, when I posted that photo, like when I made it my profile picture on Facebook from the LA show of, of Deb and my, myself and my husband, it is funny that so many people who I haven't seen in a long time assume that it was like the first time I'd ever met her. And it wasn't, but I just don't like put up a bunch of photos of her all the time. And so like when I made that my profile picture, people from that I haven't seen in like 25 years are like, oh my God, dreams come true. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) well, and that's one of the things too. My favorite thing about Deb is it'll always be the music. And I love that. But one of the things that keeps me there too, is how wonderful she is to her fans. She would give every minute if she could I've you don't see people who come out after every show and stand there until every single person has been talked to and thanked and appreciated there's such appreciation and true like the second time I met her and she walked I walked up and she's like hi Jenny nobody like Heather didn't lean over and tell her my name she was just like hey Jenny how are you and I was like holy shit (laughs) You remember my name? And she's like that. And she makes you feel important. And, you know, who else are you going to get that from? Is there a, a, is there a memory that stands out for you through the years, whether, whether it's like seeing her on TV or being with her in person or a show or anything? Is there, is there like a Debbie moment that, God, I have. Two. Okay. Um, one of my favorites was in 91, she played at a very small theater called The Celebrity. It was actually the first time I almost got to meet her, which is a whole story. Um, there were a bunch of us and I was the only one who had brought a camera with me. And so everybody wanted pictures with her. So I was taking pictures and um, you can see it in Aaron's picture. There's this big mean bodyguard behind her. Oh, I remember and that guy. I, when I wanted to have my picture taken, he was like, you can't have one. You've taken enough pictures. And I was like, but they're not for me. They're just people who wanted pictures. And so I never got a picture with her and I never actually got to say hi to her. But that night she um, was doing, and she made Aaron's day. She took a beautiful picture with Aaron. She was super great with Aaron. Aaron was dressed like Debbie. She had a hat, her hat and the a flower tie. And so that part was okay. I just was a little for personally, like at 16 going, but it, I, I, I didn't get my moment. And so I never got that moment, but that night, um, in, this is a story Debbie's told was she, they wanted her to audition for Les Mis, but she couldn't go to New York because she was touring. And so they brought the producers of Les Mis to this night. This was the night They brought them in and she did on my own for the first time on that stage. I had never heard it. I hadn't heard, I'd heard of Les Mis because my mom's into theater, but I'd never heard any of the music. And that night changed my life. I became a theater person. And um, 
I credit to her. That was a stunning performance of On My Own. Um, the room was silent when she finished. Um, it was an awesome moment. It really impacted my, how I, yeah, I am, I've got them myself. Like I was, I became a theater person and really found a deep love of theater that night. And then my follow-up to that would be the first time I actually did get to meet her, which was at the, um, the, uh, the, the Palm Springs star ceremony. And, um, the detail that they put into that event for the fans was amazing. So we were invited, they blocked off seats. The seats were not good at the little ceremony. They were behind everybody, but it wasn't, that's not why we were all there. We were there for the dinner after. <laughs> and and um, refresh my memory, what year was that? Cause it wasn't long ago, maybe 2016, 2017, 2018. Okay. I knew it wasn't long yeah. ago. No. And, um, uh, so afterwards they were like, okay, everybody go to the restaurant. And at the beginning, Deb, she had a lot of family and a lot of friends and a lot of, you know, people there. And she intermixed, she sang a couple songs for us. We were all shocked that she did a little performance, which we shouldn't have been, we should have known, you know, but we were all like, oh my gosh, she's going to sing. And she did a few songs. She brought her keyboard, did a few songs. And then afterwards she walked all of our tables. Um, she made sure that everybody got introduced. Like, so she knew who everybody was. The, um, they had place settings and like I bought for myself an Aaron. And so they had my name, but they didn't have Aaron's name, but via social media, I had been so excited. I'm like, Aaron and I are going to see, they wrote out a name for Aaron. Like everybody's guests, they looked they found a way to find everybody's names and everybody's name tags were there. And I was just so impressed with the detail that they put into making everybody feel welcome and a part of the event. And when I walked up to her, cause she did a little, she's like, I'm going to sign everybody's stuff. And I wanted to say hi to everybody. So we all lined up and I got up there and I'm like, I don't think I can speak. I'm going to cry. And she's like, it's okay. If you cry, we'll cry together. Oh, and I got all teary eyed. I'm going to get teary eyed again. And it was just this, like, I was like, oh, this is, they say, don't meet your heroes, but if your hero is Debbie Gibson, meet your hero because she is worth that moment. She's going to make you feel like you are important and special. And you know what? She's right. You are, you're important and special. You are important and special. Absolutely right. This next guest that I spoke with is a longtime pen pal of mine back in the day of the DGIF fan club. His name is Bruce Rubicek. And man, he's got some really fascinating stories and memories of Debbie way back in the day at the height of her popularity. So enjoy this look back with Mr. Bruce. Bruce, it was so good to meet you after yeah. 35 years. I think we connected through her fans, through DJIF, if I remember right. Yes, it was. It was. And I and I cannot pinpoint how. Like, I don't. Pen pals, I think. It, it was definitely through the pen pals. And I know you were at the top of my pen pal list. I had probably 35, 40 people back in the day in 87 to, well, it was probably more like 88 to 90 that I was corresponding with on a pretty much daily basis. Right. You, know? you know, I had a filing cabinet. 
that I, I organized it like a business, quite honestly. It was like, okay, mm. here's, here's, here are the people I need to write back to. Right. Here's who sent me a cassette or a video. Here's who I need to send I thank you cards to. You sent me a copy. You went and saw her in Les Mis and you sent me a copy of the program. I, you know, I, I, I know I went and saw her in Les Mis. <laughs> oh God, probably half a dozen times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, in fact, that was one of my favorite memories of Debbie was just like that transition from pop star that we all knew to this, uh, to like critically acclaimed Broadway star. Right. You know, it was so cool yeah. to be a part of that transition when no one thought she could do it or at least harbored doubts that she could carry such a. Right. Right. Such a huge character lift like Eponine. But so so tell me with this episode, I could never do that. The show is called I Could Never Do That. And right. the part of it is just deconstructing and talking through things that I, I never thought I would be sitting here 35 years later talking to some old friends right. about about a person that a musician that has somehow impacted us beyond almost any musician out there. Exactly right. Yes. And I'm trying to deconstruct that a little bit because, think, you know, what do I you think, think it is? I think she's just such an incredibly nice person. I mean, she's just so friendly and it's, it's just incredible, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And when we were at, she did a meet and greet. She did it after the show in Anaheim, a free one around the back of the venue. And there must have been 30 people out there along the fence she was walking down. And she knew almost everyone by name. Wow. She got to me and I already had a selfie with her. I already had pictures. I got all my stuff signed. She said, hey, Bruce, you want a selfie or a picture or something signed? I said, no. Well, she said, come over here. How about a hug? Oh, my gosh. See, and- that's the cool thing. And when she, when she personalizes it like that and actually says your name, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, even though you know she knows your name, but yes. to hear her actually acknowledge people. And I do think yes. that that's what makes her special in this world is that, you know, you are like, I'm, I'm middle-aged, married, straight woman, you know, like right. about as boring as it can get. You're middle-aged, straight dude, you know, it's right. like, like, but yet she treats you and me the same as she treats, you know, her trans fans and her gay right. fans. And, you know, it's like, she loves human beings. Oh, she does. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Her mother, her mother was just as nice. You know, in 1991, she did the One Step Ahead tour and Caboodles sponsored that. And they did a contest where the winners would get a concert and a trip to L.A. We didn't win, but we found out when and where the concert was going to be. And we waited by the stage door and me and two other fans, the two other fans that I know from the area had gotten into one of the teen magazines when Deb was at Disneyland. And they brought the magazine and we caught Diane and Deb when we went in. And we started talking to her and Diane put us on the guest list and let us into the concert. That is, that is fantastic. That is so awesome. And and she's just as nice as her daughter. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, like the huge die fan. Um, You know, my mom is the exact same way. My mom's a very strong Italian woman and my mom is no BS. So I, 
absolutely appreciated that part about Diane, but you know, when you're 16 years old and you want to meet your idol and there's this person standing in the way of that happening, you're just like, Oh, how do I get through to you? How do I get through? But tell me when you first discovered Debbie. I want to say or, around 1987, it? I was watching TBS Night Tracks. Remember that show? Oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing Only in My Dreams video on the on the, on that show on a Friday night. And I, I I don't remember buying the CD, but I have it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, yeah, yeah you don't. And, and was it like... For you, again, like your perspective as, you know, the male perspective for you, was it like, oh my God, she's gorgeous and- It was just good music. And yes, it was cute, of course. Yeah, Yeah. that didn't, that never hurts. That's for sure, that never hurts. And then uh, the summer of 88 came around. I was chilling a couple of weeks. It'll be August 8th, 1988. We went to the Out of the Blue Tour at the Greek Theater. Mine was July 13th, 1988. Riverbend mm. Music Center mm. in Cincinnati. What is it about her music or about her that has that has remained relevant to you to this day? You know, you know she, she went released Electric Youth, and I met her for the first time on that. Uh, we went to the Arsenio Hall show the day after the show here, and we met her at the Arsenio Hall show. We waited outside the TV studio, and like she always is, she stopped the limo driver in the middle of the driveway on her way down out of the out of the TV lot, rolled down the window and signed autographs for like the 10 people that were there. That is fantastic. That's and one it, of my all-time favorite TV appearances by her, yeah. by the way. Yeah, and then, you know, Anything is Possible came around and the popularity started to go away. And she got far more personal as far as meeting people. Mm-hmm. And the music is actually really good. I, I liked Anything is Possible out, the Deborah album, the Think With Your Heart album. Very underrated songwriter, I think. And they they pick on her because she was a young teen. That's why, I think. And it's Mm -hmm. unfortunate. Yeah, and it's amazing that she's... 52 almost at this point. I mean, it's, it it's mind boggling. My, you met my husband uh, in LA and he and I, we chat about this a lot because he's, he's like a, he's a Rush fan. You know, he loves Rush was his band. And, and so was like Bruce Hornsby was another one of his favorites and Dave Matthews. And, um, but he, he would never put himself in like the super fan category. He'll, he'll go see him. He'll go see Rush occasionally, but he's not one of those people that's like every tour, every city. So, but, but we talked about just like, what is it? Nothing in my life pretty much is the same as it was 35 years ago. Right. (laughs) Friendships are different. I don't live in the same city anymore. I, you know, I have like, I'm an adult. I'm a, I have a career. I have all these things, but there's something about her music that I don't know for me. And, and I think this might be what you're getting at a little bit is that for me, it, my fandom with Debbie extends beyond just hearing her latest album because right. if that's what we're lo- if that's what we're waiting for it's you know it's going to be a while but like christmas, time, christmas album actually i can't wait yes it's yeah. i cannot wait for that new christmas album but like to me it's like it's almost a friendship at this point even though we're not friends right you know? exactly it's, it's like i relate to her on such an adult level now the new album is really good too the body remembers is it a phenomenal album 
God, if you're listening to this and you're not a Debbie Gibson fan, but you have Apple Music or Spotify for crying out loud, download the record. It's right. so good. It's so good. Love, Don't Care and Freedom are pretty, pretty, two pretty good tracks on there. Is that what, what would, are those your favorites? Yeah. And Freedom okay. is pretty, and Legendary is pretty good too. I, I like them all for various reasons. Um, Love You Too Much, I think is my sort of pop favorite. All right. I love strings because it's so ridiculously unique. Yeah. The body remembers because I I think thematically, I think we can all like relate to that song where it's just like, oh yeah, the the body does not forget this moment or these these emotions, these memories. Right. When she remember that the box that she released in 2017, there was an insert for the first 750, it was a signed version of the cover. And she signed one of them eternally electric. And she said, whoever finds that, message me and I'll send you a personal item. And like two or three months went by and I just for the heck of it, I tweeted her. I said, did anybody ever turn that thing in? And she said, not yet, but hopefully sometime. And at the same time, she was doing this grab bag thing where you donate money to a charity and she would sign something and send it to you. I never participated in that. And so about two weeks after I tweeted her asking, I come home and there's something laying on my porch. And I think, what the heck? It's from Las Vegas. I didn't order anything. And I opened up the envelope and it was a a Les Mis program personally signed and a card inside. And I said, you know, I didn't order anything. I went back and looked and it was exactly two weeks that I, before that, that I tweeted her. So maybe that's why. Oh my God, that's phenomenal. There was a card inside that said, for my personal collection, enjoy. And then she personalized and put lyrics from on my own, I think it was, on the cover of the program. Wow. That's like, you are getting to the essence of the human that she is. That's why, yes. Yeah, you are getting to the essence. Can you pinpoint like a favorite song of hers in her entire catalog? We could be together by far. Interesting. Is that because of the uh, stage? Yeah, I got up on stage in Anaheim, which was great. That's great. That's great. (laughs) That is so awesome. I made it to the wings in LA. I got Mm -hmm. up on the stage, made it to the wings. And that was like one of like four people or they're like too many people on stage. So I have yet to get on stage with her during We Could Be Together. I cannot believe it. With, With all my heart is pretty good too. And when oh, it was yeah. released as a single. Man, that's you just went on the B-sides because that's yeah. not that's not on any of her records. It's in the box set. That's okay. It's in the yeah. box set, but it's not on any of her no. commercially. No. My one of my favorites, uh, B-sides was always um and still is the most beautiful love song. Absolutely. Yes. That a gem of a song. Oh you know, she, she released those. To memory lane CDs. I can only imagine what she has in her archives. She could probably at least at least three or four more. Heck yes. Heck yes. Yeah, I would love to get my hands on more of those types of yeah. records as well. Cause I do have both of those. Those are memory two really good CDs. CDs. You know that? Yeah. They, it's just it, it, it's so awesome to have that retrospective of here's how it started. Right. Here, here's how it ended. Uh, you know, here's here's how the song ended or like or or it 
never became anything. Like one of my favorite songs on, I think it's on one of those is, is Daniel. Do you remember mm-hmm. that song? Yeah. It was part of her Nashville sessions yeah. when she went to Nashville and recorded some, because it's a very country heavy type of song. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of my favorite songs by her. Just Wasn't Love is pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're killing me now, Bruce. Jeez, I told you. <laughs> this is- I had her do that for a cameo. Oh, my God. Back when, she, back when she started. So she's probably like, she probably went, man, do I have to find the, the lyrics and the music to that one? She, she did. She did something yeah. like that at the start of the video. I'll, I'll send yeah. you the video. Okay. Yeah, please do. Please do. Yeah. I really Let's, wish I had been a little more adventurous when I was younger and gone to see her in Greece, in mm, London. What's the farthest place that you've traveled to see her? Uh, it was Dallas. Dallas. When okay. We were at the same concert when we were at the same concert. Yep. We were at that concert. And yeah. had I known that. So, the, yeah, I wanted to ask you about this. Like, um, but yeah, had I known that you were there or had I been paying attention? Because like right. 2018 was the first time I'd seen her in. I. I, I don't know. I'd have to think back. Like it had been a long time. Right. So I was just kind of like on a different cloud altogether right. that I was seeing her with Tiffany and Lisa Lisa. <laughs> like, I'm like, it doesn't get better than this. Like the, there oh was, God. there was nine of us there the night before. Yep. Yeah. And we were talking to the book and Baldies and, you know, they do their, their podcast. And so they wanted to invite us to a podcast at the mm-hmm. hotel where they were staying. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, and yeah. we got into the room and they set up the podcast, and all of a sudden, the, the um, Daisy and Jordan come in, and then Heather comes in, and you know what was going to happen next. Yeah, she came in, and when she came in, and we found out the entire thing was her idea to invite uh, the fans and surprise them. That is, I mean, again, that's Debbie. Same thing. That's Deb. Yeah, that's Deb, and. She, so to answer, this was the question I had in relation to that. So during those um, uh, those years where, okay, so Deb wasn't really releasing anything. She was going through her health challenges. Right. She was doing some TV appearances here and there. I mean, right. to, to my knowledge, she is probably the one celebrity who's been on every celebrity show there is like skating with the stars. She's been on celebrity apprentice. She was, she's been on dancing with the star. Like to my knowledge, she is the celebrity who's done every one of those shows. So, um, so how did you through those years where, you know, she wasn't super socially active like she is now, how did you keep in touch with the closest deb heads that you have there's like a couple that live maybe five or six miles from me i kept in contact with them and then a few of the others around southern california okay through social media or... now that it's been so long and you know she knows who you are and everything right. do you does, does it still feel magical to you it does she's good. just such an incredibly nice person that's that's what it is i mean she's just so personable and speaking of personable, next up, we have the electric youth baby herself, Care Bear Wong, who, let me tell you, if you follow her on Instagram, you will not have a bad day. It's absolutely impossible. So whenever I need a pick-me-up, I go to Care Bear. And I know after listening to this little segment with her, you will too. Enjoy. I want to start out by giving you some accolades because... I could be in the shittiest mood. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a realist. I'm kind of cynical. I get really jaded in life. And yet if I, you know, open the gram and I see a, a Care Bear Wong story, I instantly put it on and like, you're singing, you're dancing, you're playing some eclectic instrument that I've never seen before, like Beethoven. And I'm like, who is this girl? Oh and where does she, like, why is she so positive all the time? So tell me, Care, Care, how are you so positive? What oh is my it? gosh, that is so funny. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. Cause I literally, people literally tell me like, you like live on the gram. Like they literally feel like, <laughs> People are literally like, I just, if I don't see a post from you in three hours, like within a span of three hours, whether it's a story or a comment, like we're looking for you, girl, because you are just like with my squirrel voice. And no, to be honest, I actually, funny part, I used to not be like that. And a lot of that stemmed again from two years ago when we just were at home, right? Like, like I, I live in Washington, D.C., you know, I'm, I'm such a city girl and, and a lot of my hobbies, you know, was to see concerts, see theater, you know, and be a fan of a lot of artists. And we just kind of got cut off from that. And I just kind of, again, I didn't know how to video edit. N- not that like my video editing is anything of, like past, you know, entry level, but I didn't know how to even do that. <laughs> like I didn't know what filters were. I didn't know what TikTok was. I think Deb joined TikTok pre pre-pandemic and then I think I was kind of just on it to keep up with her but then you have all this time to kind of explore and kind of have again this life outside without having to be outside when we literally could not be and I think that's kind of when I honed in again like the 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 piano I I took that up I think like 2019 on and off and then we had all this time so I I just kind of yeah so it was really that was really that was my motivation I think there was there was one time that Deb had posted um, the intro to the intro of Lost in Your Eyes as like a fun kind of thing. And, and, and again, I kind of like took that on as like, oh, like a little project. And, and then it kind of just stemmed from that. And then again, Smule came up where it was just like this karaoke app. And then meeting Deb heads who were looking for the same kind of social interaction and then all kind of the same kind of free time yeah. <laughs> that we had. And that's kind of how we all connected. And, and that's really when I fell in love with like making these fun videos. And then Deb being an inspiration to kind of not taking yourself too seriously. Because for a very long time, I used to kind of think like, oh, like what you put in social media, you know, you maybe keep it professional, you know, or, or something like that. And, and then it kind of just all went away. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We just got so like bored. And so... And that's kind of how I, I stay positive. And I think meeting people who are so like, like you that maybe, you know, maybe that maybe they're not in your exact area, right? Like maybe I don't have neighbors who are like dead heads exactly, mm-hmm. but because of this connection that we've kind of grown, I mean, it just kind of kept growing. We kind of just, it, I feel like Instagram kind of became itself like its own little party, you know, and, and. And I think it's so it can be so inclusive because it doesn't really matter where you live. It doesn't matter what your time zone. I feel like you can easily join in. Um, And that's kind of how I stayed positive was just because of the support that we all got from each other. And that and that is like literally one of the the most positive things that's happened to me in like the last two or three years is just the amount of support that this community has, whether it's like a for fun video. It's just positive. Right. There's nobody nobody's trying to be mean no like nobody's like everybody just wants to 
kind of find the joy in, you know, something that's, that's positive. That's why we're in this fan group, right? Because otherwise you can find, you know, negativity kind of everywhere else. That's <laughs> kind of what Deborah's saying, right? Yeah. I'm so grateful for the diamond membership and, and, and the Deb heads in general at large, but but really that the diamond dev head group, we, it is a close knit community. And I, I feel very much on sort of the, the outskirts of it, but I, I lurk uh, and, and follow along with what so many of you, you guys are doing with the weekly music videos and the sing-alongs and the costumes. And so, so tell me, first of all, uh, you're young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to be like, so tell me how old are you? But you're like, if I had to guess, and I, and I honestly don't know, I would say like 31, 32. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. My birthday was actually just two days ago. And I'm, I call myself an electric youth baby because I was born in 89. Yeah. I was born in 89. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, just, really I don't know I just feel like I just really really have such a love for 80s like it's it's like the 80s music in that era and a lot of it probably came from because I grew up in the Philippines so I I wasn't born here I was born in the Philippines and aside from like like their love for just 80s pop in that country they're also a little bit like behind so like things that are you know maybe not selling out here are still big there right like a lot of a lot of artists that maybe, you know, kind of fill smaller venues here can fill arenas there, especially from, from that era. And when you're talking about like Debbie Gibson, like Tiffany, you know, um, or Astley, like those were like really, really big in, in kind of when I was growing up. And um, aside from their own music, just the karaoke culture and like Debbie Gibson songs are top, top, top in every karaoke party in the Philippines. And a lot of her catalog, honestly, if I was thinking of when I was really little, when I I, I probably heard most of it through these karaoke parties. <laughs> See, I'm all like, when I go to karaoke, I'm all like singing at Benatar, hit me with your best shot. Yeah, or yeah. like Madonna, like a virgin, you know. <laughs> you no, Lost in, yeah, Lost in Your Eyes for sure. Only in my dreams is like such a staple. Um, and yeah, so that, that's probably where I first, first heard her music. And um, and my parents are huge fans. Yeah. Did you grow? Oh, wait, uh, I want to come back to your parents being huge fans, yeah. but did you grow up, uh, taking piano lessons or music lessons? I know you no. said that. It, no, no. So you I, are so, so, so talented. What? Oh my God. <laughs> you are so talented. Oh my gosh. That's so like, that's like, you have no idea like how much that means to me because I like, I can't read music. Um, you know, I, I think any, I, I think I always joke because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, does this song actually sound like what I think it does? Or am I just like, I mean, there used to be a time when I used to be like, does this sound like, like, can you guess this song? I would like text my sister or something like before I post this, you know, because when I used to worry about what I post, you know, I would like put on makeup or whatever and make sure that I was like, you know, Instagram ready. And I would post a song. I'd be like, does this sound like, I was like, I'm not going to tell you what the song is, but does it sound like it? And she'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and because, yeah, like I can't, I can't read music. And so I, I, I just play by ear a lot and a lot of, and, and so I have to know the song to like even attempt to cover. And so dead songs are like, I want to say like 99% of what I cover because it's, we all know it by heart. It's like the soundtrack of our lives, right? <laughs> yeah, more, yes, yes, 
Yes, for sure. And that catalog, I mean, you know, like, you know, aside from the studio albums, you've got Memory Lane, you've got unreleased songs, you've got, you know, soundtracks and and kind of little compilations she participated in. I mean, you have over like, we never run out. <laughs> no, no. And, and I will say, dare I say it never gets old, even listening to the old stuff. It never, it never, never, never gets old. And just uh, ironically was literally before hopping on this, I was watching. So I, my other passion in life is triathlon and and running of all things. Um, And I was watching this big pro race in Canada that's taking place today. I was watching it online and the number one and number two were like neck and neck. And the commentator said, well, you know, anything is possible. And it was like, anything yeah, is possible. <laughs> and even my husband was like another dg reference you know <laughs> there's so many i think we used to have a running joke of like the amount of like dg song you know puns i guess that you if you can call it that like that you can just throw in there you know i mean i don't think i've typed the word energy in a really long time now it's NRG. Yes. <laughs> NRG people. Capital N, capital R, capital G. So so your parents were into them, which your parents are probably around my age, my husband's age. I'm 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 49. My husband's 56, I think. Um, so probably around yeah, my, my yeah, my my dad's birthday was just today. Happy birthday to my dad. Uh, yeah, he's he turned 57 today. So um and my mom's so yeah they're 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 you know a little a little bit older like um I know than than Deb but yeah they definitely uh were are really big fans of that era they were you know big fans of her music and um you know I wouldn't say that they continued on maybe I think I would probably say they heard some songs from anything is possible like I think they would know up to that but body mind soul I think I'm not sure if it if it made it to the Philippines like I, I would have to like look at that but I think definitely out of the blue electric youth, you can play anything on there and they, they know it. <laughs> yeah. And now when did you move to the States? So I moved to the States around two early two thousands, like early two thousands was, um, so I have to say that I think what really introduced me to Deb, like on my own, aside from being friends with my parents was actually, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, no pun Hashtag on my own. Yeah. But actually the MYOB era, especially when she got, uh, when she collabed with NSYNC, because, you know, NSYNC was huge, you know, in that 2000s, you know, um, boy band craze. (laughs) And so kind of having Deb, um, you know, kind of be like open for them and kind of have that connection kind of was, so MYOB was actually my favorite album before TBR came out. Like, when people would ask me, I would always think like, oh, MYOB, because just the, just that era, I think she perfectly captured that feeling of that Y2K vibes. Like, I, I always think of that when I thought of that album. And that's kind of what kind of I resonate with. You know, I think we all kind of look back in our younger selves and we kind of resonate with an era. And definitely to me, that like 2000s is where I go back to. And so I love that. Like, I love that whole love brunette Deb. <laughs> Yeah, like that purple album cover. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, she really, yeah, she was, that's a great album cover. It's ironically, though, like, probably like the album I'll go to least, like, and I think you're right, it goes back to like, what were those pivotal moments for you as a teenager? And for me, it was, you know, it was probably the electric youth era and, and anything is possible. So it's like, those are the ones that 
it invokes like that childlike mentality of yeah. like that energy, that feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and then I went through sort of my wax and wane years where, I mean, absolutely bought everything that she released, but I was like, eh, yeah, eh. you know, yeah. not, not my favorite, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. didn't, didn't hate any of it. And then like, well, but I loved, you know, Deborah and I loved think with your heart so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another one I, I come back to quite a bit and, and, and then TBR, good Lord, the body remembers TBR just like what a masterpiece. Yes, I agree. And I will say like, I almost, I was talking about this with somebody, I almost feel like whatever, like, you know, whether it's electric youth for you or out of the blue or even MYOB for me, I almost feel like when I say TBR is my favorite album, I almost feel like it can't even be like in the same, like favorite of when whether you first got introduced to her or when again like a pivotal time in your life because it's kind of its own thing like it's almost in its own you know pedestal that you know tbr is it's kind of this own thing as well so you know i i kind of feel like tbr is my favorite but then probably myob is probably equal right like it, like they're in a different pedestal that i put up um but uh like i said tbr is just i, I think aside from the music which has always been incredible right i think deb's music has always been She's always been a musical genius, always captured the time, the emotion. But I think with TBR, I think it's just a mixture of just the the time in itself, the fact that we're so connected with social media being so accessible to all of us. Um, Like I said, she's always had DGIF, but like, I mean, I remember people telling me like you had to like call a phone number and you would get a voicemail from Dev, you know, so she can announce something to you, you know? And now she's literally... Like she can go live <laughs> and share with us what's going on. I, and I go back to the diamonds kind of starting at that same time where now I think one of the things I go back to is the test pressing of TBR from like a, a little over a year ago. She literally received it in the mail and decided to go live and, and said, hey, I just got this test pressing. Let's all listen together. Right. So I, I just feel like it kind of opens up doors that we've never really had access to and maybe she's always wanted to kind of open but how right like how do you open that kind of door when you don't have something so easily accessible to everyone and not even existent yet you know back in the day and then again with this diamond thing where she can you know for the diamond she opened up like little clips for you know little snippets right of even a couple tbr songs i think she would do little teasers right like she would be like hey this is a little lyric or like Here's a, a little, little hook. Sheet. Yeah. Hook. yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. a little music sheet, but you know, I can't read music. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and seriously, it, it could be Bach for all I know. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm like, yeah. I'm like Bruce, you know, another guy that hummed this for me. Or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. I think that's, and I think that's why that, I think that's probably why my love for TBR is that just that different because I just feel like it's almost like as she was creating it, she was kind of keeping us updated, you know, to a point, you know, I mean, she obviously wasn't playing us the secret track right. the tracks before it was released, but it does kind of feel like you kind of pick up on things that you're like, Hey, I kind of like, remember when she dropped the little, you know, Easter egg hunt or Easter, she dropped an Easter egg, you know, about this, you know, six months ago. Right. And, and something like that. And I don't know if I told you the story, but, um, so she had a cameo call live, right. She had a cameo call live. And I just remember she, I was the, like, I was like the first caller. Like I was the first caller of, um, uh, and so she was like, I kind of want to give you like something. Cause just cause you're the first cameo call. And then she told me, she was like, 
maybe maybe I can drop like a seat like one of like the song titles for you right and I was like oh my gosh and so yeah like and she was like you know like don't say anything I was like yeah yeah and then she literally said the body remembers I was like that is amazing right wow. like that's crazy like that's wow. like like that song right and then you know months went on I literally you know didn't tell a soul or whatever and then the album dropped right the album dropped and that was the title and I was like oh my goodness like I love that yeah that's like one of my one of my favorite stories well it is because it's like it's a personal story to you so let me ask this of you you're a fan of a lot of music and musicians um what makes her so special to you and to all of us but for for you what makes Debbie Gibson so special well one I think you know again aside from her musicality I feel like she writes she produces she plays you know piano I mean she she plays guitar and drums you know she's like a multi-instrumentalist so aside from that like that to me is like already amazing but also just I think it's really just the connection I think I think the appreciation she has for her fan, for the Debheads, is just unparalleled. You know, like she always says, like, you know, I hope you feel seen, you know, whether it's a show or in, on social media. And that is literally like, I think how we all feel, right? Like I, I literally feel like whether you're at her concert or, you know, you're just supporting her, you know, posts or or anything. I, I truly feel like she she sees you and she takes the time to, you know, get to know you a little bit, you know, I mean, I think if, if you're, if you're in social media and, and you, you know, you're following her, you're commenting, like she, she will respond, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that's, that's one of the, the greatest things. And I think she always includes us when she can, like, I feel like she's always like, Hey, like if like, you know, can the Deb heads, you know, like that, like the Ireland thing was super cool. Right. Like to go have coffee with, I know. And then to to get people in the, in the recording of that, like that TV, that TV station. Um, and then also like, I remember America's most musical family. I couldn't go to that, but she did that. I think she did like a rock and roll, like, like another interview podcast that she invited Deb heads to. Like, I think I think it's so natural for her to just think like, Hey, like what kind of experience can I, can I, and then cheers, like having us in the, in the la 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 part. Did you send a recording for that? By the way? I did. And, uh, God bless Sean Thomas for having to work some crazy magic yeah. on whatever it was that I sent in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Of course. Like, Oh it was my gosh. An opportunity, like you said, to be her, seen and heard literally to be heard on on her record, yeah. but to give your fans an opportunity to do something that's unique is, is, is so special. And it, as, as a long time fan from the time that I was 13 until now, it is so beautiful to watch not just her life, but like our lives kind of in parallel to to go from teeny teenagers to, you know, like I navigated college and she navigated Broadway and then to go through your thirties with breakups and things like that. And then to come out the other side in your forties and fifties to just like this, this blossom that she's having this, this Renaissance, this, like, she is so, so, so comfortable right now. And it's so exhilarating to watch. Like it's, 
so satisfying for me as somebody who has done the ebbs and the flows with her to just go, yeah, girl, man, we are in the best phase of our lives yeah. right now. And, and that's what I'm taking from a lot of this, which is just this wonderful example of how to be authentic and, and yet like laugh at yourself, <laughs> be able to have a great sense of humor about the business yeah. and to be able to bring your fans along with you to allow them to shine. Like the fact that she would let not just the week be together dance along at the end, but like bringing up fans on stage to sing with her or to chat with her. I mean, that, I mean, I, and I grew up in the time when Debbie Gibson was like on top of the world, you couldn't get near her, you know, you couldn't, uh, and, and for rightfully so. I, and I want to tell you one story yeah. why, when you talked, you mentioned earlier about like having to call the phone line. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I remember that distinctly having to call like a 900 number. <laughs> a 900 number. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't even an 800 number because of course they were going to charge you by the minute, which is, yeah. <laughs> which is where the story comes in because it was also right around the time that caller, uh, no, call waiting was invented. So I remember calling the 900 number and then I heard like the line beep and I'm like, oh, so <laughs> this must be call waiting. I think somebody's calling on the other line. So I just like clicked over to the other line and talked to, you know, my girlfriend or whoever it was for an hour and blah, 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 blah. And then I hung up with whoever I was talking to. And once I hung up, the phone rang again immediately. And so I pick it up and it was just like, Hey, it's Debbie Gibson, blah, blah, blah. And so that phone line, it had been on a loop for my phone bill was like over five hundred dollars. Oh I'll never my forget God. it. I, I'll never forget it. It's why I had to tell my parents. And you had to pay because I mean you can't you can't argue with that. Oh my no. God. And I mean, I was still very much, you know, under my parents' house. Oh, wow. And so I had to tell them what I had done. And oh yeah, I'll never forget it. And that was clearly the last time I ever heard Debbie Gibson's voice on the <laughs> They were like, mm. you yeah. have to find out from a friend what Deb's announcement. I mean, I believe it. I mean, those 900 numbers, I think, were like literally by the, yeah, by the minute, right? So, yeah. I mean, oh my God. Oh, it was awful. It was like, it was, it was one of my more um, shameful moments as, as a Debbie fan, you know. Oh my gosh. I yeah. know. Fantastic. Nice. Oh my Is gosh. there, um, with regard to Out of the Blue, what what do you love most about that record? I think the fact that it is the first, it does have the first songs I have have I have ever heard of Debs, right? Only in my dreams, I think Out of the Blue um, were the top two. Um, and but what I love about it most is that I just feel like it's it's so it. it like whether you're a teenager, you know, I feel like if you, if you were listening to it as a teenager, right. I'm just kind of imagining, I feel like you'd be like, Oh my gosh, like this is so describes me. Right. Like, but then I feel like you listen to it later at any age, you know, what I, and, and again, as a kid, I thought, I just found the beats really cool. Like, you know, like I was like, I didn't even have to know the lyrics. Cause I, again, I didn't really know English, you know I mean? You know, only in my dreams, I probably couldn't translate that or out of the blue. I feel like I feel like out of the blue is kind of even in an English term in an English, like, you know, uh, setting can have different meanings. Right. I, I think I was talking to another dead head and we were talking about like what out of the blue could mean. So if you translate that, 
you know, in the Philippines, it probably, I didn't even probably resonate like what it meant, but it was just so catchy and easy to sing along with. And, um, her, her, and then the cover. I mean, can we talk about the cover? Oh, the bear I mean, and the knee. And yeah. I mean, it's just like a, 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 like a head turner, right? Like, I think if you've never seen it before, you know, you see this, you know, be, like beautiful girl and she has this teddy bear and then what's on her knee? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Is that on the record or is that actually in the photo? <laughs> did, someone, did someone draw on the record? So, I mean, I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still love looking at it, but then, but then you, you know, you listen to it later and it, and it is such a deeper meaning. Like I think between the lines is like my favorite song right now. Like, and, and you hear it and you're like, gosh, like how did a, you know, I think some songs she wrote when she was 13, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you write these songs that literally stand the test of time, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. I, I think whether or not you're a teenager experiencing kind of love for the first time or, or those feelings, or you're like an experienced adult, <laughs> like some, <laughs> some of us can be, you know, you're like, yeah, like whether, like you can apply it, I guess, to any time in your life. If you want to reminisce back to your first puppy love, great. But you can also make it kind of as, as deep as you, you, you want, right? I was actually listening to Staying Together. And I think that was probably one of the songs I, I hadn't really listened to. Like there's definitely more songs I listened to and not as much. And Staying Together, I, I, I did see the lyrics and I was like, oh, like that, like, that is really cute. Like it is really teeny Yes, part, yes. You know? Red, red hot. You red know? hot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig down. Like they're, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Take yeah. your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. yeah. They're but yeah. they're but they're, they're fun. fun. But you're right. I've never really even considered like between the lines. I think is probably the the deepest song, maybe in my opinion, on that album. And because it's hard to even describe just in words what what reading between the lines actually means in real life, you know, like, I think we could, we know when we're, when we're doing that, but then to take that phrase and craft a story at the age of 14 or 15, uh, and, and use that phrase in, in the right way, first of all, like, yeah, that's, that's and foolish beat. What an interesting title of a song that, could easily have been called, you know, I could never love again or, yeah. or whatever, whatever she mm-hmm. repeats throughout. Mm-hmm. But yet to take that one little, just a foolish beat, you know, it's like, hmm, that's very creative to, to have taken that. So, yeah, no, I mean, lyrically, it's just, yeah. Like, like I said, she kind of, I think she talks about this in TBR too, but like, she's like, if you just want to catch a tune, like I have that for you, but if you want to look deeper, I have that for you too. And I think that's, you know, been consistent even from her teenage years to, to now. So I think, I think that's kind of, yeah, that's, that's really what I love about it. And, and like I said, it's kind of, it's, again, I think it's really what introduced a lot of us to her music, you know, whether or not you were listening to it in 1987 or, you know, just a little bit later or, you know, now, I guess for the even younger generation, right. Like to, to be introduced to that with kind of the eighties era, kind of making its comeback. Um, It, and then, and then the reissue as well. I'm sure, like a lot more people are getting introduced to it through there. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I would have. And and lost in your eyes, I think, was even written that era. It didn't quite make it to that album, right? But right, you know, right. I'll never forget the first time I heard that song. Um, 
it was like I can't remember. Actually, I, I think it was our local radio station where lost, I in, your, up, lost in your eyes. Yeah, for oh, lost okay. in your eyes. And I think they were gonna do like you know at eight o'clock today. We're gonna debut the new Debbie Gibson single, and I had heard it um, on the Out of the Blue tour because yeah. she played it. And like I, I was at the Out of the Blue tour, July thirteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what city? Uh, Ohio, uh, Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. Yep, Cincinnati, Ohio. And oh, how, how close were your seats, or were you? Like- oh, for that first one, I was I was in a seat, but I was maybe like midway back. I I again that ticket stub. I I've had it. I had it hanging up in my bedroom for years, which is why I never forgot July thirteenth, yeah. nineteen eighty eight. But I'd have to look and see what the seats were. Um, but I was like midway back in the seated area because it was one of those outdoor amphitheaters that had like seats underneath yeah. a pavilion and then like yeah. on. I think she played a pavilion here as well. Like yeah. an outdoor one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then like out of her electric youth, I saw her in um Indianapolis of all places. My dad drove oh. me to see her in Indianapolis, and I had like third row for that one. And so that must have been that must have been before the phone bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no way your dad would have taken you third row. <laughs> you would have been like, That's, you're in the nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, she's on our city hall tonight. Just tape it, right? Like <laughs> just oh god. And then I think So what was that experience uh, like? Because you know, I mean in an era of cell phones, you know, now, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Like, I, you know, Deb's in front of me, I literally have my phone out, you know, and I'm recording everything. I just feel like, and not that I feel like I, I, I do say I do have a good balance. You know, I do, I do see the memes that are like, wow, like live in the moment. I will say I'm very much living in the moment because I've seen my footage and they're not good. <laughs> and trust me, no one worry because my footage is completely not usable. It's like shaking. I hear my voice over dead. So there's no worry about that. <laughs> but I, you know, I just kind of want a souvenir memento, you know, or at the moment, I think I'm getting really good quality footage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. You're thinking right now. I am. Yes. I'm like, yes. this is like, you know, like even Spielberg level quality. <laughs> and then, you rewatch it and you're like, oh, <laughs> it looks like the Blair Witch Project. I know, exactly. I'm like, why even? Because I can't post this, you know. Yeah. Like, it, so if you see a concert footage that's about ten seconds, it's because of that. I've I've found the treasured moment. But yeah, what was that experience like? I guess back then when. I mean, I'm sure you had cameras, but they were probably too bulky for you to even. Oh yeah, and I think so many of the the venues they were wouldn't let you. Right? They wouldn't let you take yeah. photos or take recordings. Although I would sneak <laughs> so in a recorder. Big. Yeah, I mean, you'd be blocking the people on the play and record at the same time. <laughs> Holding up my like legit Wait, I got every line of tape. <laughs> with like a pencil. Yeah, like, hang on. Side two. Yeah. <laughs> Can you pause that? I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Like you could, yeah, hold up, hold up on. I know you should have been the one. Hey, and yeah. you can't even share it anywhere, right? Like it's literally no. just for you. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, back in the day, like that, that Debhead network was just as strong because I heard. Man, we would nail you, <laughs> Oh, we would literally like I was making tapes all day. I was literally like a like a digital tape machine processing yeah. company there for a while because you would just crank out like, oh, I saw her in Pittsburgh last night. Let me, I've got that. And oh wait, you've got 
Atlantic City, sweet. I've got that one coming to me. Well, she was on TV or something and you missed it, right? (laughs) Yes, you would get VCR tapes. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was a magical time back then as well. So to, to kind of answer your question, it was like every day was an exciting day because yeah. even when I was rec- trying to record that, you know, the debut of Lost in Your Eyes on, on that local radio station, yeah. like even I'd heard it live, but like it just, just in that moment, you're shaking because you're like, this is my <laughs> one chance to like get this, you know, like, and to, and then I remember hearing it and just like the emotion, it was, it was an out of body experience to hear those songs for the first time or to see yeah. uh, somebody else's photos from a concert or to get, you know, whatever telethon that she was on that wasn't posted instantly, you know, like, yeah. like that's the beauty. I mean, it's the, it's the blessing and the curse now, obviously, because you know, I didn't see her do her live telethon yesterday, but you sure as shit. I've seen like everybody <laughs> post it. So like, yeah, I woke up this now. morning. Excellent. But, but like to see her live in concert that out of the blue, um, I, cause I got like one t-shirt and then I got like the big tour book, you know, mm-hmm. that they would sell. Yeah. And I, I can honestly tell you this, like I did not sleep four days. I was on such a high and my energy was just like, it was, it was transcendent after seeing her. And it was, I can't even like, because I guess she would have been 17 ish. Cause it was right after high school for her. And I was 14, 15, I think it's probably 15. And like, to watch somebody who was, you know, my peer have so much command over a stage and an audience and have the energy to be running around and choreographing. And, you know, then she whipped out like, you know, a, a, her, a t-shirt from that city mm-hmm. and, you know, the crowd goes wild. You know, yeah. we've all seen the Pittsburgh where she's wearing her. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think she had like a Cincinnati Bengals shirt on or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I think well, it was. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was. This is it. And, and like, just, just this command, just that she had. And at the time <clears throat> I, like growing up, I wanted to be, uh, like, this is my entry point into Deb was I wanted to be a singer songwriter. And I, at home, this was, I'm going to say like 85, 86. So I had a four track recording studio in my bedroom and like a little task cam, um, cassette four track recorder. So I had and I'll, at some point, again, when I go home to my parents to, to grab some of these photos, I'll have to send some to you because I had like the keyboard, the Casio keyboard, of course. And then I had uh, my guitar, my microphone. Um, and so I would, I would play like, I would write very bad songs, but like play the keyboard line. And I never took, like I took guitar lessons, but I, I was never like well-trained in anything. But, and then I would, re- you know, rewind that that you were doing what were doing. Yeah. and record the guitar. And then I, yeah, so I was doing all that. And I was in like, I loved Whitney Houston at the time. Cause like, that's like when she was bursting on with like the greatest love of all. And I want to dance with somebody came out yeah. and, but so she was like, Whitney Houston was it for me at that moment. And then I saw like a, a boy I went to school with had photos of Debbie Gibson on his bedroom walls. And don't ask why I was in his bedroom when I was like 13, but I, <laughs> no, ju- no judgment here. <laughs> but I was like, who's that? 
you know, and he was like, what? You don't know who that is? Blah, 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 blah. And then uh, when I, well, I was jealous. I was like, why is she on your wall? Um, <laughs> I want to be on your wall. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, but like, that was probably like fall of 87. And then of course I started to hear about her and there was a 17 magazine article that came out that I, that was like the first thing of hers, I think I saved. And it was, it talked all about her having a four, or I think she had like an eight track, but like she, how she had a set up in her house. Mm-hmm. She talked about being this like Italian Catholic family. And I had come from this big Italian Catholic family, how we had family dinners every Sunday and how we had family dinners every Sunday mm-hmm. and how like she, I had sang, believe it or not, I had sang Crocodile Rock in a school play, like again, like in 84, 85 wow. and like all of these things, just like, I was like, what? Who well, is I could have been you. <laughs> yes. I'm like, living my life (laughs) (laughs) why are you living my life yeah that's what I I tell myself every time when I see Taylor Swift I'm like we're literally (laughs) how how are our lives so different we're basically the same person (laughs) like seriously Gibson you and I should just be BFFs like call it quits now yeah no that is amazing well now now I gotta see your cover it's like yeah you're here tuning my horn and you're literally like I bet a pro at all these instruments (laughs) Oh, yeah. no, I mean, it's like, I am nowhere near the level of fan that so many people are, you know, f- as far as like collecting and, but yet like, that's what makes her so special to me is like, yeah. she represented back what I wanted to do then. And still, you know, it's still now, you know, like yeah. just living my authentic my authentic life, whatever that is. So no, for sure. You know, I mean, I, I, lo- I kind of, <clears throat> I love that you mentioned that because I think you know, I think as a fan, I, I think there's so many ways you can show your appreciation, right? Whether it's gonna, being able to attend all her shows or being able to keep up on social media or or just literally just listening to her music. I think I think you can show your support in so many different ways. And, and I think we're all in such different points in our lives. There's so much going on aside even from what you see on social media, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, people put up front whatever they want to put up front, but you have no idea what's going on in someone's life, you know, and, and like I said, we're very much still in the middle of a pandemic, you know, I mean, I don't think we've really overcome that. So I think people just you know, show their support in different ways. And I don't think it's it's ever like something to, to need to compare or anything, because as you see, what Deb's mentioned it so much, she's like, whether you've been here since you know, she was performing in the nightclubs or you were here since, you know, yesterday because you happened to hear TBR somewhere. It, it's it's all just the love and appreciation for her for her music that she appreciates. Right. And and like like I said, I think for me, like a lot of it just came from the pandemic and being like so active in social media was kind of just how how I could cope. Right. And and like I said, we have so many different responsibilities outside of when we shut off, you know, or yeah, you have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I forget. I'm like, uh, I think I'd rather just be a Debbie Gibson fan rather than my real job. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't we all? Isn't she so awesome? Oh my gosh. I love her. And equally, I loved this next conversation with new friend, Polly Phillips, Paul. He was somebody I met a couple of months ago at the LA concert on the Body Remembers tour. And 
hit it off immediately. Happened to be in line right behind me at the meet and greet prior to the show and became fast friends right then and there that night. And I love his story about the impact that Debbie had on his life as a young teen who was going through a lot of traumatic experiences. And she was there. And he used her music and her positivity to get him through some incredibly rough times. So I hope that you enjoy this look back with Polly Phillips. So when you first discovered her and you were 16 years old, what what was it about her as opposed to somebody like a Tiffany or the Jets or Exposé or all of those other artists that were that were popping? I mean, I love them all, like Sweet Sensation, Seduction, the Cover Girls, like that's my jam, like Taylor Dane, love all of that music. But there was something about her, about Deb, that like it just did something to all of us. Yeah, I, I, you know, for me, you know, not only that we were the same age, I just, she was beautiful, let's face it, you know. I mean, yes, I'm a gay man, but I just, she was beautiful. And who wouldn't want an all-American girl at that time, you know? So I was just like, you know, at that age, you sort of, you know, I mean, I knew I was, but, you know, I just, I don't know, there was attraction. I wouldn't say it's just the looks. I think it was just, her whole spirit, I would say, you know, cause she was putting a lot of positivity out in the world and that's how I was. And I wanted to put positivity out in the world, but also too, she was kind of awkward and different like a lot of us were. And so I, that drawn me in too, you know, cause I was never accepted in any of the cliques or any of that. I was always sort of, you know, my own person, you know, and people, you know, if you're different, they, they latch on to that. And of course they, you know, tease you and all of that stuff like that. Then did you consider Debbie a bit of like a, a respite from all of that? Like you knew that you could come home on a Friday night and like pop in, wake up to love and like all was good. Well, at that time too, you know, my mother had been diagnosed with breast cancer and um, a little after that um, had been, that was a few years before. And then she around 87, I think it was, was when she was diagnosed with lung cancer. So, so Debbie was my escape, you know, cause I had to sort of step up and help with my mother. It's a long story. I'm not going to go into that <laughs> on here, but, but, um, so her music was an escape. It was fun. It was poppy. It, it just, it was, you know, the song between the lines for me, because at that time, I, you know, you're 16, you're 17, you're starting to have those feelings. You know, I didn't understand my feelings. I mean, I knew it was gay, but I knew I couldn't really show it at that time because it wasn't as accepted as it is now, but, you know, and I didn't know anyone gay and, you know, so I had attraction to gentlemen. And anyway, so between the lines is like a song of an unquated love. And I wanted to be in love and, you know, nothing major ever happened is one of the things, you know, and I had all these crushes and nothing ever happened with them. Wow. So that song really appealed to me and it still does to this day because it brings me back to that space when I hear it. I mean, I've come a long way since then, but you know, it just, it dude, you're wearing you shiny gold pants. Now you're yeah, all yeah. in, <laughs> you're yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah. It puts you back in that space, but it just, it appeals so. to me. So, 
house. You know, I, it's so weird of the friends that I've talked to about this for, for this show. That is the one song when we're talking about the out of the blue album, that's the one song that keeps coming up. That is really meaningful to people in different ways. And I really am, I gravitate to between the lines mainly because it's such an adult theme that when you'd even try to define what between the lines and reading between the lines even means to, even now as an adult, like if you're trying to explain what that means to a teenager, it's, it's like, it's vague. And yet she took this phrase, this nuanced phrase and, and crafted this, this beautiful, really, really deep song that resonated with you on a, on one level. It resonated with me on a different level. And and she was like 14. <laughs> I think that's yeah, is that crazy. I mean, she was 14 and it's true. You know, she's got at that time, you know, she wasn't really dating anyone or anything like that, like major love. So it's themed there. You know, I think all of us are, you know, we're yearning to be in some kind of meaningful relationship. And I think that is what the song means to me, you know, not only a like love relationship, but having like a best friend or somebody you could like really trust and, and talk to, you know, which I didn't have at that time. You know, I was a loner, as they would say. So and and you know, here we are celebrating 35 years. So as you look back on this, like I mean, I was when she came out, I was 13, 14. So I'm like three years yeah, behind yeah, behind you guys. And so I was prime prime target age. And, um, yeah, but now OG. what's that? <laughs> We're the OGs. We the are original. so OG. Did you <laughs> yeah. see the out of the blue tour? I, okay. So <laughs> when that happened, I don't, I think I was like, so amidst in like, um, finals at the time. So I didn't realize that the show was coming and happening. And I was so envious because my cousins went to the show at the forum and I didn't get to go. And so when we go to visit, they had the tour book and oh my God, I was so tempted to just snatch it because I wanted it so badly, but of course I didn't. And so fast forward 34 years later, I get the chance to see, you know, they create this thing called eBay and people are posting stuff like that on there. And I was able to get it. And it just like, it's just so amazing to think that, you know, if I had gone to that show, what my experience would have been, I wish I had got to go to the show. I mean, we all saw it, you know, on the video that was released and everything, but I would love to see the show because you see little clips of those songs that you don't see on that, like between the lines. She did it at several of the shows. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen, on youtube the video and i'm like oh god could, couldn't imagine being there and being there and that song so yeah <laughs> i think that was one of the beauties of growing up in the late 80s and you know i guess pre-internet if if just in general because it did lend that that mystery and a little bit of that fomo of like darn it i missed it i'll never see it like that moment of time is gone and now it's like oh yeah uh, if i miss if i miss celebrity renovation tomorrow night I'm good. Like 15 people will post it. Yeah. Somebody yeah. will have it. You can get, yeah. So that's what's so blessed about now, you know, is that we have this instant ability to get something if we can't see it when it happens. Right. You know, there, there's always, you know, YouTube, which is, <laughs> you know, which, you know, if we had back then it would have been a completely different world, I think. But um, luckily a year later, I got to see her on the EY tour 
which was amazing. It, you know, I dragged my dad because, like I said, I didn't have friends. I didn't have anybody who would want to go with me. So, and, you know, I'm, uh, so that's 1989. So I was just 19, a couple months. And so I dragged my dad to that show. And we had good seats. We were on the floor and we had a really good vantage to see her. And, oh, my God, that show was just like, amazing where you were know? where'd you see it at so that was at the forum as well okay uh, and you know i don't know if you've ever been to the forum. and of course it's called crypto whatever or something now <laughs> of course. But, but you know with staples center and all you know there's staples centers there but the forum has always been the forum anyway so yeah so we saw her at the forum you know that show you know, was at the height of her popularity, obviously, you know, she had just done the songs for the Wonder Years. So the Wonder Year kids were at the show. Fred Savage wasn't there, but Dana McKella was there. Uh, the one who played his brother was there. The nerdy guy was there. So they were all there. Of course, they were up front. You know, I could see them from my vantage point because they were in the front. But um, uh, so, and there were some other celebrities there, too can't recall them at the time but um right now but um i remember we you know we stayed outside the forum club for an hour after the show and all of them came out and you know of course they didn't even be bothered with us kids because there's all these kids we're thinking debbie's going to come out the show not knowing hey she's in a tour bus on the other side right (laughs) (laughs) so that was fun but that show you know it just it ingrains itself into your memory when you see something live You'll always remember it, you know, to this day, you know, even though it's great on video too, but when you hear love under my pillow, but to hear it live with her and, you know, he was Keith at that time, not Steph, you know, so it was amazing to see, you know, and then the set, you know, with the the castle and the, the colorful floor and the piano that rises up out of there and everything. It was so great. I mean, opening with who loves you, baby is with the silhouettes this silhouette right there (laughs) on my tank top yeah yeah so that just you just remember it and I just remember I had no voice the next day (laughs) you know she couldn't know not hear me because it was so loud in there you know because if you remember the acoustics in there are actually really good so when you know a lot of people are screaming you can't hear anything Mm. so Mm. Yeah. Uh, I know that you also love Janet Jackson. Y'all you love you Janet. Yep. I see Janet behind you. Absolutely. Is it, is it kind of the same thing where this is a woman that, that the, I guess the similarities between the two of them, at least as I see it as a fan is that these are women that were very, very, very young and in the spotlight and handled it this horrible situation, well, not horrible situation, but this very difficult situation, but they handled it with such poise and grace. I agree. I, I agree. And I, and they both had tenacity, you know, both of them are strong women. I think that's what attracted me to them as well. You know, Debbie was a business. Janet is a business and they had to run that business. And like you said, you know, a lot of their, their um, compatriots and stuff get into, you know, bad situations with bad people around them or, or they get involved in drugs or, or whatever happens. The thing about Janet is, you know, I've been watching her since she was a little girl, right? I used to see her with her brothers on their variety show and everything like that. And I always was attracted to how cute she was. 
you know, and she parlayed that and, you know, she's a superstar now, you know, the thing about her though, is she's not as accessible as say Debbie is, you know, I think when you're in a superstar family like that, and you have to insulate yourself. So you kind of lose touch with the people a little bit. And, you know, as I'm sure you saw too, being a child of the eighties as well, her and Michael both had these fascination with fancy belt buckle, shiny stuff. They go through that phase and everything like that, right? So lots of metal, lots of metal lots was worn. Of metal, <laughs> lots of all that stuff, you know. And then, you know, around '89, Janet finally took off all of the layers and sort of came out, right, as her true <laughs> sexiness, right? Well, the thing is, is when Debbie came out with anything as possible, they were kind of sort of pushing her towards that, you know. I mean. Who, who doesn't think this picture is sexy, right? So, right, right. I, you're right. Oh my God, Debbie on the motorcycle. Yeah. So, so Deb, I, if you're listening, I, that's what we're that's what we're uh, watching the, <laughs> the anything is possible image of you on the motorcycle. Yes. So <laughs> I, I think they were trying to sexify her because you know it's some reason. Yes, sex sells, but it it's funny. Um, a, you know, a few years later when she did the playboy thing when i found out about it this is after the fact because i wasn't you know really following her when that happened it felt weird it felt i don't know it felt like i was seeing my sister naked it's it's sort of weird yeah you know so so i don't see her i mean not that she isn't like i was saying you know she's a beautiful woman she really is but it's her inner beauty that i think attracted most of us you know it's that inner heart you know when they sexify them, like all seems like they have sex cells. So I get that, but it just, it was just really weird to me to think that, you know, Ooh, who would have thought Debbie would do playboy? You know, I, I mean, Tiffany, we think, yeah, Tiffany's going to do it. She's a rebel girl. She's going to do it. And then Debbie did it. And I think her pictures were tastefully done and everything, but it still felt really weird and kind of icky dirty I don't yeah, know yeah it was you know? it was awkward and in full disclosure there's going to be a time when I pass on from this life and somebody's going to go up to all of my Debbie Gibson boxes in my parents attic and they're going to be like wow Carrie you actually have that Playboy <laughs> magazine in your collection <laughs> well done to, <laughs> so, full disclosure I have like three copies of Playboy in a trunk somewhere in my parents attic and it's got Debbie's <laughs> ass on it so yeah <laughs> I mean, and you know, I just, when I saw those pictures and I'm thinking, oh my God, I don't think of her in that way. I don't either. Absolutely. You know, I get that she was owning her sexuality and it was all on her terms and everything like that. And, you know, she had the naked song out at the time. And that's a great song. That is a great song. Which is a great song. And then, you know, she did the snake charmer thing when she was doing those funny videos for our movies, actually, for, you know, sci-fi channel, you know, Gatoroid against (laughs) Gatoroid. That's so funny. Like, and and I think that all of that is so, it's so serendipitous to how it all has turned out now where she went through awkward phases like we all do. And even as just normal adults where we try on different careers and, and we try on different jobs. And if one job doesn't suit us, we resign from that job and we go to another one and we try something else. And it's like, she's just doing the same thing just in the entertainment industry. The thing about her is that she's actually quite talented at all of it. So it's just a matter of trying on different 
things that I'm so glad that she did that at a time where maybe there wasn't as much scrutiny. And I, I don't know, I'd love to hear her take on that of like, she could go do these crazy sci-fi movies with Tiffany that were uh, slapstick and, and yeah. funny, I mean, you know? The, you know, they wanted to see the dynasty slap down fight, cat fight, right? <laughs> yeah. So you've got the girls rolling around and doing that whole thing. And I mean, it's hilarious because it played into that whole thing where they were trying to make them like head to head against each other, which they weren't. I think that's what's so universal and great about music. And a true artist doesn't want to do it for the money part of it and the fame part of it. If that comes with it, great. But I think to be a true artist, you want to put your stuff out there and touch people. And I think that's what Debbie does with her music. It, it, all of us have memories to a song, you know. I love Helplessly in Love from EY. I love that song. It comes on, it brings me joy. Between the lines, like we were talking, you know, of all the singles, you know, off Out of the Blue, Out of the Blue is my favorite because the video is so cute, right? So I love that video. I love that video with the picture book and her sitting on the bed and the birthday and party. And she brings back the face on her knee and all the good stuff that just kind of associate with it. And, you know, her sisters and her have a, her cousin and sister have a pillow fight and, and you know her, her uncle's in there and her cousin's in there and Sorry, you know, so you say this? okay this might be a uh uh i don't know if it's uh, i'm gonna make it personal to you but you know i'm like middle-aged straight white married woman boring vanilla um why do you think she why is she a gay icon i think the acceptance because you know all through her career i think you know she's had you know, LGBT people around her, you know, she actually dated them one or two, maybe by accident. <laughs> have really we all? They, they had um, <laughs> you know, into their own yet, you know, because everybody's um, coming out is different. You know, every one of us have a different experience. I mean, I've always known, but, you know, through different things, my mother was Roman Catholic. So there's a lot of stuff that guilt and all this stuff comes into it. So you kind of sort of keep it to yourself. Anyway, um, for me, I think her ability to be accepting. And I think the coolest thing, and here's, you know, here's how I am in talking with over the last couple of weeks, I'm talking with four or five of the thousands, of course, of dev heads <laughs> that are out there. But um, I, it feels like this reciprocal relationship with each yeah. other. So there's no question that. Debbie and her music and her spirit and everything that she represents in life about being positive and resurrecting yourself and just like, keep getting up. Like that's been a gift to all of us. And in turn, I think the not, and the loyalty of the OG Deb heads, plus just this newfound audience base is like the biggest gift that she could get. And I love that it is very reciprocal. And I am amazed every day at how vulnerable and open she is, both on her public Instagram and on the Diamond Instagram, because she has no qualms about just firing it up while she's in bed, you know, with no makeup on, with like laying with her dog going, hey, good morning. My throat hurts and I feel like crap. But and then like, and then she'll vamp up and take the trash out, you know, the next yeah. day. And it's like, I, I, that's the part that in those, in uh, let's 
call kind of the dark years of like before social media was huge and she was in between projects and she didn't have a huge big presence. And, you know, we all went and did our adult things for a while, like to have like that access to her now is almost unthinkable. I know it's so strange and so surreal that, you know, for so long back then, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 into the twenties, you know, I wanted to go see her at Arsenio Hall when she played for her, when she was there and I couldn't go. And funny enough, Bruce was there at that, that, at that one too. So if I had known him then I could have gone to the event and, and all of that, you know, but I wanted to meet her so badly back then because I wanted to tell her, you know, her music got me through you know, my mom's health issues and stuff that was happening with my dad, my brother, you know, so I wanted to, you know, relay those things to her, you know, and even at these meet and greets that we had at this last set of shows, you know, there wasn't enough time to really go into that kind of detail. I wrote her a letter. I hope she got to read it. You know, I gave it to her with a gift and I'm hoping that she will be able to read it at some point if she hasn't already, but yes, who would have thought 30. So I met her in Vegas Technically, I met her on a, a, a five-minute cameo thing. <laughs> that was the first time I actually... Oh, one of the live cameos? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, okay. for those ones that was like five minutes each that she did. Yeah. That was just like a real quick thing. So I didn't... I said, do you go by Debbie? Do you go by Deborah? I prefer to call you Deborah. She said, that's okay. So, but then... You know, fast forward that to Vegas, where I got to meet her twice, you know, again, the meet and greet was all controlled. So it was really short. You know, I said to her, it was a full circle moment, a bucket list moment for me that I got to meet her after 34 years at that point, or 32 years or whatever it was at the time, uh, 35, 33 years. Okay. So, so it'd been, you know, and I got to talk to her and she smiled and we got to hug. And, and so that was really great. And so now I finally fit in somewhere. I've found my peoples, as I call them. <laughs> so beautiful. Were you a were you a member of DGIF? I was. Do you what was your what was your number if you remember it? Oh, I was a high one. I was four four seven. That's not bad. That's so not bad. Still pretty high, you know. I just missed the initial um, by I think a couple months. I just missed the initial um, issue of the first one by just a couple months. Cause my first issue is the EY one. So, cause the first one was where she's sitting on the ladder in her hat or no, she's sitting on the stool, I think with her, her, her bowler hat and that one. And it has all kinds of like uh, out of the blue pictures and things on the first issue. Cause then after that, it's the one where she's in the jacket with the, with the bowler hat from um, lost in your eyes is the next one. So that was my first one. And so I just remember that. And again, another thing that I had wanted for so long, that first issue and in 2020, it came up on eBay and I made a deal 
and it was signed and I'm like, yes, now I own it. So <laughs> got it. You got it. Man, when I go back to my parents' house here in the fall, I have to go through my trunk of stuff. Like one of my prized possessions, and and I don't know if you remember this from the old DGIF days, but back in the day, they ran a contest to see who could get the most new DGIF members. And yeah. it was the grand prize was the uh, an electric youth tour jacket. And it was like the varsity leather jacket with leather sleeves and it had the oh. EY patch and it was signed. And I won. Like I got. Yes. I, so I have that jacket completely, um, you know, it's it's wrapped up and I've never worn it or anything. But oh. man, I feel like. Gosh, it like in one one respect, I would love to do something with it for charity and raise yeah. some money for charity. But then then there's like that, like, oh, but I can't give up. Like, that's my prize. I know possession. that's that's a real prize possession. I mean, uh, that's like a uh the treasure <laughs> that nobody has, right? Yes, yes. And so. it's one of those like Marie Kondo, like when yeah. I look, when I go home and I see it, it start, it sparks joy, even though I, I haven't been in its presence in almost 25 years because I haven't lived in Ohio in 25 years, but it's still, when I see it, I'm like, God, that means so much to me. Cause it's like, it represents a time when this was my passion and this yeah. was everything I wanted. And it brought me so much happiness to enjoy. Right? It, oh, that, that it sparked a lot of joy. joy. Yes, so, absolutely. Absolutely. That. Any, any last thoughts or words that you would want to put out there for just whoever might be listening that that might say, and I know you get this a lot. I know I get it all the time of like, wait, you still like Debbie Gibson? Like, is that a joke? Or like, did you like just, is she yeah. still out Is there? she still alive? Yeah. yeah is, isn't I'll... she Deborah now? You know, like, yeah. are there any, just any words that you would want to say that, that you haven't communicated yet that you might want to put out there? Hmm. I think that... For me, I think when people do ask that question and do get it a lot, I think that, you know, the word uh, celebrity comes out a lot with people who are in the limelight. But what I think that people should realize is that Debbie is a human being, just like me, just like you. She has to wake up every day, make her coffee, make her breakfast, get dressed for the day. And so... I think I want people to realize that, you know, even celebrities are people. They've just got a better job. <laughs> so I just want people to, I think I'll leave on that thought that they have to remember, you know, they're human just like you or me. Amen, Paul. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. And I am going to wrap this episode up with such a special conversation I had with Oh my gosh, one of my OG DG, OG DG pen pals and longtime friends, Tammy Eckleboom. I'm so grateful that she said yes when I reached out and said, hey, want to talk about Debbie Gibson for an hour? And <laughs> who wouldn't? And of course, she said yes. And I love our catch up that we had here. And I actually, if you 
hang on to the very end. I love the moving words that she had to say about another legend that we just recently lost, Olivia Newton-John. So Tammy, thank you. Paul, Jenny, Care, Bruce, this has been so special for me to put this really long episode out there, but I hope that the fans found it to be just a wonderful tribute and a special look back on the album and the artist that has made such a tremendous impact. So enjoy this look back with Tammy. Tammy Echo Boom, 35 years. That's insane. Happy friend anniversary. Right? Yes. DJIF days. God, seriously. I don't know. I'm, I'm still just kind of trying to remember the pin pal thing, but I forgot about between the lines. I actually did until you brought it up. So that could have been it too. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Prior to, it seems like that was like prior to, or maybe in conjunction with her fan club, there was this newsletter and, and for the life of me, I have no idea who generated it. I have no recollection of like how it all got compiled and sent out. I mean, it was clearly somebody went to Kinko's <laughs> made, I don't know, hundreds of copies of this multi-page newsletter that was printed out on a dot matrix printer. I was just going to say the dot matrix. <laughs> yes. And, and inside it had people's, I remember like concert, concert reviews Mm-hmm. of shows that they had seen or upcoming shows. And then it had a pen pal section yeah. and you could just yeah. write to people. And I was telling Bruce Rubichek, who I chatted with for this, that I I had like a filing system. Did you have that for your pen pals? No, I did not. I did not have that many. <laughs> okay. There was some, there was a point where I was up to like, I don't know, 40 people or something. Oh gosh, no, I I never did that. (laughs) But what was so cool was just to connect pre-internet, of course. Yeah. With snail mail. Yeah. And, (laughs) and you lived in, were you in California then? Yeah. Been here my whole life. Born and raised in California. And somehow not only did we have Devin, you know, common, but you and I mm-hmm. had a lot of other stuff in common we too, because we yeah. both like country yeah. music and yeah. Martina McBride. Martina is my girl. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so this is in celebration of the 35th anniversary of Out of the Blues. So can you recall when you first, when Debbie Gibson first got on your radar? I can, totally. I totally can. And, and you're going to laugh, okay? We used to stay up late at night and watch the show Top of the Pops. Remember Top of the Pops? Totally. Okay. Totally. First time I ever saw her was on Top of the Pops. She sang Only My Dreams. Literally, she had just come out. Okay. And um, so she, I remember her saying that. And then after that, she sang Shake Your Love. And she's like, we're going to make this one go to the top two or something. And honestly, my first impression of her was that she was totally conceited. <laughs> I was like, who is this girl? And who does she think she is? And I just, I think back to that all the time because I couldn't have been more wrong, you know, but for some reason, when I was a kid, 14 years old, I was like, who is this girl, you know? And that was my first impression. Seriously. And she had this like unabashed confidence that only a 15 or 16 year old can have at that time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's exactly what it was, was confidence. 
but I was just like, I was not impressed. Okay. Well then, so (laughs) how did that, yeah. So like, if you were first kind of like, ew, no thanks. What then, then, then how did, like, how did it change? And that's the funny part is that I don't really remember. I don't know if it's just because she started becoming so well-known and more songs started coming out. I remember loving the Only My Dreams video. And I don't think at the time I actually saw her on top of the pops. I I mean, she was so new. And um, I don't know if I'd ever even seen that. So I don't know. I just remember loving that video. I love the beach. I love the carousel. And I was like, oh, she's kind of cute, you know, and her happy personality. And I don't know. And then it just started, it just started changing. And I was like, wait a second. She's cool. (laughs) She's kind of dorky and cute. And, you know, she's so bubbly. And I don't know. It just, it just happened. The other thing that I think really solidified my, um, my, my devotion, let's just say, is that I remember going to Tower of Records, like who doesn't, you know, remember Tower of Records. And I remember my mom taking me and I had a choice between getting um, out of the blue or Tiffany. And I literally remember having them both in my hand, looking at the back and of course what I picked. (laughs) And it was like from that moment on, that was it. And then I just, you went all American girl. You did. I did. I did full speed ahead. I joined the fan club like right away. What was your, uh, this is the true test. What was your DGIF number? You ready for this one? 104. Whoa. <laughs> Low, I'm the lowest I know of. I've yet to meet anyone who has a number lower than mine. 104. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is, I'm, I'm like two, four, three, eight. Like I was late to the game, <laughs> late to the game. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It was funny though. At the sack show um, in June, I met a guy who lives super close and his number was like 360 or something insane. And I was like, how did I, I know? How, you? yeah, you're like, how are we not married at yeah. this point? Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's super funny. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's the number girl. That's the number. <laughs> so, you know, time passes. We, we both get yes, like yes. adult jobs and we have to like be, adult, <sighs> you know, decades go by yeah, and, yeah. and yet yeah. here we are in this sort of renaissance of, of Debbie's career, if you will. And, and I think quite honestly, like the best time of our life as well, uh, when you get to enjoy adulthood yeah. and yeah. what is it about her now that still feels relevant to you? Like what can you, can you even describe like what she did to help you or inspire or like what, what, what didn't she do to help me? Like I, when I was a kid, I was, let's be honest, I was really, really depressed. And so a lot of my love for her goes back to then and thinking of like all that light and hope and love that she gave me back then when I thought, oh my God, is, is this life? She kind of gave me something to keep going for, you know, cause like I would have something to look forward to. And, you know, I, I, when I went and I saw her in London in 94, that changed a lot too. Like I, I actually kind of got to know her there. 
Like she wasn't Debbie Gibson, the singer. She was just Deb. And we're just hanging out in her dressing room, having a good time. And she was just Deb, you know? And it was like, I was looking at her and watching her that night or one of the many nights and just thinking like how, how much she like, I don't want to say saved me, but honestly, she, she. That's, that's not an exaggeration. And I'm hearing that quite a bit. No. Yeah. It's not at all. And I get like emotional thinking about it because it was, it was just such a hard time sometimes. And it was like, just put on that record, you know, or watch that video. And it just took you to a whole different space in your head. And back then that's what I really needed. And now it's like now, so I'm connected to all of that in my head, but I kind of disappeared over the years. You know, I didn't follow her for a while. I kind of always knew what she was up to, but, um, you know, I think a lot of us kind of faded out mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we all just kind of did our, mm-hmm. did our yeah. thing, yeah. life, you know? Um, and I remember when hearing that she, she had been super sick and like going through a lot of the health problems and she's like, oh my God, like I just want to hug her, you know, and just kind of hope that she, she was doing okay and everything. And then social media happens and she starts getting super active on social media. And I'm like, oh my God, there she is. And it's like, I think that's what's, I think that really kind of re-inspired was her kind of reaching back out to us. And then just this whole network exploded again. And it's been super cool. You know, I mean, I'm kind of quiet online. I I don't say a lot, but I'm always there and I'm always watching and I'm always listening, you know, even if I, I'm not saying a lot and, you know, I, I do. I know. Like I'm speechless because I could have said a, a lot of the same thing. I will say that my fandom, it wasn't, uh, I, I, I can't say that I grew up with depression. I don't have depression. Um, but there's, there's, I think there's something inherent in her, perhaps her super, super loyal fan base that's been there forever, where there was something about our lives and our childhood where we maybe felt on the, just on the outside a little bit, you know, and I was, I was a theater music geek, which, and I liked sports too. You know, I mean, I, I like, I liked all of that, but I think the fact that I was just like, you know, I was glee before glee, (laughs) like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and 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 so like, I was more happy to hang out on a Friday and Saturday night and and listen to music or try to write really bad songs or um or or write letters back to my pen pals like that made me more happy than trying to fit in in an atmosphere where I didn't really feel like I fit in all of the time. And so, yeah, in, in essence, it was not an escape, but, but like, for me, I was like, no, I wasn't escaping a real life. I was like going towards something that actually made me more fulfilled. Yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah. yeah. And awesome. I agree 110% with this phase that we're in now with the body remembers. It was quite honestly, like she is about the only reason why I'm on social media and, and I follow some other, I follow (laughs) some other people as well, but you actually just get some of that personality and her positivity that she puts out there that feels very, very authentic, um, is, is, 
it's like the reward for being a fan for 35 years almost. Doesn't it feel that way? That that is that is a really awesome way to think of it, yeah. actually. I never thought of it like that, but I think you're right. I mean, she's so genuine and she's so real. You know, you don't get that a lot these days with people. And my sister and my mom okay. went to the show with me in June. Okay. And like my sister, we, we saw the um, One Step Ahead Tour 91. Yep. We were in the front row and it was awesome. And then my mom, we actually, um, she went to LA with me in 93 when I met her for the first time. So it's, they both saw her over the years, but they hadn't seen her in forever. So I'm like, girls night, let's go. And it, yeah, seriously, it was one of the best nights out that I had in so long. My sister, I don't even, I can't even tell you the last time she had that much fun. It was so awesome. And we, all three of us were in the front row and my mom, I mean, I don't know. It was just like, seriously, one of the Oh, nights. that's so great. Really that's so great. And, and Deb was so awesome and so sweet and just so honest. And like you keep saying, she's just so real. And um, my sister had sent me a text when she saw that she was going to be on that like home home mm-hmm. show that she was just on. So she sends me like a link. And she's like, hey, our girl is on this show. And I'm like, our girl? <laughs> yeah. Wait, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you can't step uh, in. Yeah, so I mean, well, now my sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just laugh so hard. But she, my sister talks about it all the time. Just how awesome that night and was. And it's so funny that I... My, you know, my mom is 83 now and, and like, (laughs) she still lives in Ohio and I don't live in Ohio, but, but my mom still, if there's an article about her in the paper, like when, when the body remembers came out, I think there was some syndicated article that went out to a lot of papers. My mom still like clips Mm -hmm. out articles and sends them to me. And she was like, I, I texted her to let her know about the the celebrity renovation show. And she watched it on Friday night. Oh my God. That's so cute. (laughs) Is there a song either out of the blue, either off of out of the blue or any album? Is there a a song or songs that really resonate with you? Um, There's a song. And I don't know, I know why it resonates with me, but it's a personal reason. But um, it's, um, my gosh, and I can't even think of which album it's out for, but um, it's Didn't Have the Heart. That's like my favorite song of all time. I think that's on Think With Your Heart. Yeah, you're right. It is. And that that is my absolute favorite Deb song ever. That's that's an emotional song. That's, yeah, it, I can't really listen to it without crying. Just takes me back to a whole different place um you know long long time ago but um it's just it's just and it's just so beautiful the piano in it oh it's just it's my favorite it it is it's that that's also the the power of music the fact that you're right you know it's like okay that album came out a long time ago that you just said like that represents a time in your life decades ago but it's so visceral that's the word that music, just like, just the intro can, can take you yeah. there. Oh, that song. Ooh. Yeah. Did you see the Out of the Blue tour? Um, oh, my gosh. Deb canceled the show. <laughs> All right, Deb, if you're listening, you owe Tammy one. 
it was scheduled for, and I remember in my 14-year-old heart here, August 6th, 1988, just a couple days ago, and I seriously thought of it on that day. I was like, this is the day the tour got canceled. Uh, what, where, uh, what venue? It was at um, Cal Expo here in Sacramento. Yeah. And then she came the following year for the Electric Youth Tour. That was August 26, 1989. And um, she actually mentioned it. She actually said, did you guys, did any of you have tickets for the last wow. year? So I, I wonder if she, was she sick or something? Maybe, who knows? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. who knows? I'm assuming probably, yeah. but yeah. who knows? But, oh, that oh, that <laughs> and then you saw her at one, one Step Ahead tour. Okay. I did. It got me yes. Closer, yes. So. Now, are you, are you still yeah. a diamond? Are you still a member of the diamonds? Okay. Yeah, okay. I am. Yeah, and I am. How, how has that benefited you? I don't know, just emotionally or. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I, I love how intimate it is, you know, she's just so involved with us. I mean, she's already involved on social media, but then you get into the diamond membership and she's just, she does the coolest things, you know? And she does, I know that she's done meet and greets for people for the diamonds, like after shows and stuff. And I just think that's just so cool. She doesn't have to do that. She just goes above and beyond, you know, and come on, let's face it. Those little personal videos. I know poor thing. Like she has to, I don't know who keeps track of like, Oh, you know, Tammy needs another welcome video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I said earlier, I'm not I'm not super involved though. I don't like I said, I don't talk much, but I read it all and I listen to it all and, and I chime in when it's you know something that hits me in the heart. And um I don't know, I just like I said, I, I like mm-hmm. how intimate it is. And it it just kind of feels like you're just kind of chatting with a friend. I mean, that's how yeah. she makes us yeah. feel. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. just think it's awesome. It is. It is fun because it's part of that. Like, it's part yeah. of that, like, nostalgia. It makes me feel like I'm 15 again. It, yeah, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. Except, like, now. Yeah. It, now she's accessible. And that's, like, exactly. mind blown to me. Just having grown up, mind right, in, in that era where she was untouchable for many years and and needed to be because of safety concerns and you know mama bear mama die was like in full oh, yeah. mama bear oh, mode yeah. which you know when you're 15 totally. you're just like no stop i want to meet your daughter but i totally get it now like it makes perfect sense that she was as protective of of deb as she was i'm just so grateful that we all collectively get to come together and celebrate this, this milestone that, that has meant so much. If, if there's one thing that you could say to, to Deb or yeah, if there's one thing that you could say to Deb that you haven't already said, which I'm sure you have in one way or another. You know, I was going to say, I kind of feel like, I, I told her something in London and it was kind of what we talked about earlier about the, you know, getting through your teenage years kind of thing. And um, I, I told her that one thing that I really wanted to tell her and I, I hold on to that. And I, I just, I remember it very clearly. And there's like pictures 
just from it because there was like it was only us in the room and everyone else had left at the time and so we were able to talk for a bit and you know I told her back then basically like I said what I, I said earlier um my my now my dream bucket list though would be to photograph her and her dogs <laughs> oh yes <laughs> see that's the that's the thing and my now. my dream Did bucket you know? list is to have her on this podcast <laughs> Hey, <laughs> because quite honestly, she is the reason that I still have a microphone, you know, like she is the reason and the inspiration behind wanting to get into the radio business because I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to be a hit singer songwriter, but I loved music so, so, so much that I was like, well, what can I do? And, you know, she was the impetus for me even going into that world for so many years and then to be able to come back and do a show called I could never do that which is all about achieving those things that people don't think is possible and that is her that's that's just her (laughs) that is her that is totally her. and and to still find joy and relevance and happiness at at this age regardless of chart or airplay, because none of that matters anymore. You know, none of that matters. I'm sure you saw it at the show, but the joy that she exudes right now is amazing. I I mean, you just feel it off of her now. I mean, it's it's not forced or pushed. She's not there because she has to be or she's making money to be she's there because she wants to be there for us she's having a great time and you can just feel that and I think that's what was so awesome about that show the energy in that room we all felt that you know and I don't know I I wish I could like bottle that up it was just such a magical amazing night well Tammy here's to 35 more years of us being friends god willing We'll be in our 80s, as I said, in 2018. Oh, Carrie. Yeah, let's see. In 2018, when I saw her in Dallas, I did a little Instagram post and I was like, I I hope to God in, you know, 25, 35 years, I'm still shaking it. And I don't care if you wheel me up to the stage, like I will be there and I know you will be there. And I know that the OG Deb heads aren't going anywhere. And one more thing before we end this, and it's actually not about Deb. It's about something else. (sighs) Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Yeah. Just what else can I say? I, I saw the news today and I cried a bit and I turned up a song and I cried a bit more because that woman concert I ever went to was it Olivia really Newton-John. what album do you yeah. remember uh okay. physical tour okay yeah physical yeah John Travolta was there too <laughs> he came out he came out and they did um you're the one that I want in summer nights and I was like eight or nine and she's like my first music memory it's been a hard day you know and then I knew that we were going to be talking and I was like a little shout out to Olivia and John Thanks for playing along and indulging me in this little project that has sparked so much joy and reconnection. This is so funny. I I told all of the guests when I reached out to them that I would only need 
about 20, maybe 30 minutes of their time. And I kid you not, every conversation I had was an hour to two hours in some cases, just catching up, reminiscing, sharing stories. And I can't tell you how spectacular it has been over the last couple of weeks to compile these interviews. And I hope this is the first of many episodes like this that I get to produce. So in a time of negativity and uncertainty and stress for all of us, it has been such a wonderful escape to go back to those people and those projects that really do spark a youthful sense of happiness. It's not nostalgia per se, it's quote unquote, nostalgia as our girl Debbie likes to say. So to catch up with Debbie, you can follow her on Instagram. She is wildly active on the gram. You can follow her at Debbie Gibson or visit her site at debbiegibsonofficial.com. And you can join her exclusive Diamond Debhead membership for some crazy exclusive access to her. I'm talking random lives where she just brings people on. We do uh, first dibs on merch, concert announcements, Zoom parties, and so much more. And if you happen to be listening to this episode prior to August 22nd, 2022, she is doing a live stream out of the blue 35th anniversary event. And tickets are on sale. And details are at debbiegibsonofficial.com. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope all of you find that person or that thing that makes you go from, I could never to, yeah, maybe I can. Thanks again. And thank you, Deb. <laughs>